Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's A to Z of the Human Body we are on the letter A, and the topic is all or nothing. Wow, how beautiful. Wow. So there we go. All or nothing. Matthew, thank you for that. So that was Matt's rendition of All or Nothing by who? O-Town. O-Town. Never heard of them. So <laughs> You have heard the song, right? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would have heard that song and uh, forgotten that song as yeah. well. So O-Town, I wonder what you're doing. Uh, not as popular as Crazy Town, uh, who sang Butterfly, but then again, I think people have forgotten about them as well. Yeah. All or nothing, this seems like a weird term topic. or topic. I mean... Particularly within biology, what are we referring to by all or nothing? So, I guess you would say this is a uh, law or a principle oh. that refers to excitable tissue. So, this would be muscular tissue yep. or nervous tissue or endocrine. I guess. Yeah, for, for I always call it because when you think about beta cells of the pancreas, you need changes in the electrical chemical yeah. gradient for insulin to be released. Okay. So I always call endocrine tissue excitable. Do they? Okay. But in terms of this principle applied to endocrine tissue, I'm not sure. Well, I would say, anyway, I don't know because I haven't heard your topic. Okay. So So in physiology, the all or none law or all or none principle or all or nothing law refers to, I mean, actually, it was first established by, I guess, a cardiologist or a researcher looking at um, cardiac muscle. You so, guess. So you didn't so, bother looking into that So one. this is... No, well, it was. This was 1871 <laughs> by well, uh, Henry Bowditch. Bowditch? Bowditch. Oh. And so he was doing um, electrical stimulation of heart muscles. All right. And what did he find? So what he stated was an induction shock produces a contraction or fails to do so according to its strengths. Right. So if it does so at all, it produces the greatest contraction that can be produced by any strength of stimulus in the con- in the condition of the muscle at the time. 
Interesting. So, so his basic, okay, can I interpret yeah, that? And you can yeah. tell me if I'm right or wrong. He's saying that uh, when you stimulate a, a muscle, for example, like a cardiac muscle, that even if you start with a very low voltage and you go up and up and up, it's not like the lower voltage results in a small amount of contraction. Yes, that's right. And then the higher voltage is a stronger contraction. He says nothing happens until you hit one particular voltage and then you get a contraction which is going to be as strong as it ever will be. That's co- correct. Correct. Now, is now, that actually correct, though? It, it is correct. Uh, even with skeletal muscle? Uh, well, this is cardiac muscle, so cardiac muscle is a bit different in the sense that it works, works at a syncytion. Ooh, I think you said too many S's, but yes, syncytion. <laughs> so it works as a whole unit, right? Yes. Where, as Can we a, define syncytion, where, where, where multiple cells act as though it's one cell? Yeah, so they're kind of all connected together by um, tight junctions. junctions with communications between them, right? So they're held together by desmosomes or something. Yep. And pop rivets. Pop like rivets or Velcro. And they have communications between each cell. Yep. So they allow, um, I guess in this case, a depolarization wave to go through the whole lot of them. Yeah, whatever happens to one cell will spread to the next and the next and the next. And so, so you, you could do it at the heart. Effect. And this is probably why it was first discovered. Yep. Much easier on the heart because you could just do it in one area and the whole mm-hmm. heart will go. Whereas in a skeletal muscle... To, to follow this principle, you have to do it in just one fibre, which True. is one cell, which is which is difficult. Which can be tiny depending on the skeletal muscle. Yeah, and so it might be long, but it's very thin, the okay, skeletal you've muscle. You've heard that before, yeah. <laughs> so this is why in 1870 it, it was thought and probably years after that it was only pertaining to cardiac muscle. Right. But it has been shown that it is also – and it's probably more – commonly use this principle in neurophysiology. So for neurons as well. Neurons as well. But so it has to cardiac- be single but it has to be single neurons. So a single of course. axon. Okay. And a lot of the well, I shouldn't say the lot all of it, but you know, a, a lot of um, neurophysiology in the early days were, were done in animals. Yep. And one particular model was the giant squid. Right. And I think it was <laughs> it was done in a particular part of America where the squid was abundant in that region. Okay. But the uniqueness of this giant squid was it had a humongous single axon neuron. Where's it from where to where? Well, I guess it's primitive nervous system yep. to the part of the squid that contracts to propel it through the water. Oh. Now, the size of it was ballpark one millimetre in cross-section. So As in the, the size of that axon. That's right. That's big. That's huge. That's a single neuron That's axon. Right. yeah. Not a, not a nerve bundle. fibre. So when I do my neurophysiology in usually mice or rats, yeah. the sciatic nerve, which is the largest peripheral nerve in the body, in mice is one millimetre. But that's not a single axon. That's right. It could be 50,000. Right. That's enormous. So that one, yeah. and then that's how they would have shown it, possibly in that one or maybe the C. elegans, which is a, a type of worm, where they stimulated that single axon and, like you said, they could grade it so they just increase the intensity, nothing happens, increase a bit more, nothing happens, increase a bit more, and then all of a sudden an action potential happens or a stimulus or an impulse goes down the axon. And it doesn't matter how much more you stimulate it, it will still occur at the same intensity. Right. So, voltage. Okay. Uh, my question now 
is why would we evolve to have excitable tissue be all or nothing? Why would we not want nuance? Why would we not want it to be graded in which a smaller impulse results in a smaller outcome and a bigger impulse results in a larger outcome, whether that be contraction or hormone release or whatever? Yeah, look, I I don't know 100% the answer, but I I will um, uh, guess from first principles. So when you look at a a neuron, um, it has two ends to it. It has an end closer to the cell body, which has the dendrites, like a big tree, and then at the other end it has the terminal, which usually in in a neuron at the terminal end is where it releases its neurotransmitter to either go to an effector organ or onto another neuron. But if you look at the other end, which is the dendrites, it has multiple incoming signals from mm. other nerves or other stimulating uh, sense organs, right? Yep. And these can do graded potentials onto it. So they become summative. And so you could have things that are exciting or inhibiting. And it's kind of like the collection of all those. The cell body does this kind of... Um, computing, adds it all up, and then it goes, well, we've reached the point where we think we should send this stimulus now, and this is like a threshold, and we'll send it. Right. I think that makes sense. It gives it the ability to actually get a lot of computing power, I guess. Yes, because it can't send both an excitatory and inhibitory signal at the same time. Right. And if it was was fully graded in that sense, it would have to. Mm. So I think, uh, no, no, I think that makes total sense. Which then just gives the neuron a huge amount of more computing power and then yep. if you add that in terms of just number, you're now, once you're working in the brain level, 100 billion of them mm. with, you know, somewhere, let's say 10,000 different dendritic connections. That gives you a huge amount of complexity. Mm. Absolutely. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, so all or nothing, that makes sense now. What else is relevant for somebody to know about the all or nothing principle? Well, a couple of things that are just important is what determines the stimulus, yep. sorry, what determines whether it will go to all or nothing is a couple of things. You need to have the threshold p- potential, so that's the point where it will um, generate an action potential. Yep. But also you need to think about what is the potential at rest, so what's the rest in membrane potential. So what is it like without the nerve being stimulated or the muscle being stimulated? So do you think before somebody listens to this episode, they should listen to the action potential episode to get a good understanding of yeah. ion movement? Yep. But at the but to summarize very simply and succinctly, like a sensation, um, if you have any excitable tissue, whether it be muscle or nervous or endocrine, there is going to be a charge difference across the membrane. And, and this is On not the inside versus the outside. Yes. So this is not across the entire cell. This is just across the membrane, right? And so the inside tends to be negative compared to the outside. Now, the thing is the inside isn't negative, 
It's just negative compared to the outside. Yeah. And so what you find is that both are positive. It's just the external membrane is slightly more positive than the internal. But if you compare the voltage difference, you find the internal has less positive ions inside compared to outside. And generally this is for two reasons, right? The first is the sodium-potassium ATPase pump, which will throw three positive sodium out and two positive potassium in. So three positive things out, two positive things in, hence why I'm more positive outside. I think for most excitable tissues, this contributes to like a difference of negative five millivolts. But the most influencing factor here is uh, the leaky potassium potassium channels. And because potassium mostly sits inside, if its door is slightly open, it's going to leak out, carrying the positive charge with it, making the inside significantly more negative that's compared right. to the outside. That's right. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So you're happy it could, with that? Because potassium is following its gradient, which is still it wants to go out of the cell, but the electrostatic charge difference kind of pulls it back in. Yeah. And so it has this constant in and out effect, but essentially because the cell membrane is I think 90% uh, permeable to potassium compared to the other ions, mm. That's why potassium plays the biggest role in the change in um, charge. And the reason why this is important is because once both the sodium-potassium ATPase pump has done its thing and the leaky potassium channels has done its thing, we've now set up both an electrical and a chemical gradient. Yes. Right? Where most sodium's outside, most potassium's inside, even with the leaky channels, most potassium is still inside, but it's mostly positive outside and mostly negative inside. So what we've now got is this electrical chemical gradient means that two things can happen, is that the movement of uh, sodium and potassium can occur and the movement of ions, uh, sorry, and the movement of electrical things can occur and they're linked together. That's the thing is that ions are charged chemicals. So when a chemical moves, a charge will move with it. And so this allows for something to happen. If if you've got this set up at rest where there's an electrical chemical difference, it now has the capacity to change. And it's that change which makes it excitable, right? Yeah. And it's important to note it's important to note that um it's a dynamic system. So it's a, a lot of the textbooks we read, it will say the rest membrane potential is exactly negative 70 or right. even more in a cardiac Yeah, like muscle. negative 90. But it's not like that. It's right. this kind of waveform that just constantly goes up and down, up and down, up and down. So yeah, I suppose the cells are never at rest. No, because there's things that are flux. It's yes. always changing dynamically. Yes. And so even though we have these set numbers, it's not always, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear the threshold is negative 55 millivolts and you'll hear the rest membrane potential is negative 70, mm. but it's not held like that. It's constantly changing. Now that or, threshold, that threshold's really important, right? Because it's the threshold that's, the th- reason why it's all or nothing yeah. is the, the threshold is a particular charge that m- is a key to open the gate to the sodium ions because if you open sodium gates, you get this huge flux of positive sodium into the cell, making the inside negative to positive. Yeah. And it's that change that will stimulate something to happen inside that cell. Yeah. If it's a muscle, it will stimulate it to contract well ultimately will stimulate to contract. Downstream. Downstream. If it's endocrine tissue, it's going to stimulate it to release a hormone or a chemical. Um, And so that gate, as soon as it hits that, for example, negative 55, 
then that's the key to open yeah, that's the right. sodium gates. And that's all or nothing, right? Yep. If it wasn't all or nothing, sodium inf- any sodium influx would trigger some degree of functional outcome yep. for the excitable tissue. Yep. But it doesn't. Yeah. All right. And then, and then go into some clinical relevance. Yeah. Change, these, this threshold can change. Right. So right. That's true. An, an example would be temperature. So if you were exposing an individual to higher temperatures, mm-hmm. the threshold and the resting potential will change. Yeah. And this can lead to a more excitable state yep. to, for, in this case, the neuron. And so a, a classic example in children, um, these, are, these are called febrile seizures mm. or seizures that are due to um, temperature or fever. Yeah. And so changing the temperature of the individual changes the way that these gates are um, opening and closing. Yeah. But also the ability of the ions to shift across the membrane. Yep. And so that is making the cell, in this case the neuron, more excitable, therefore more likely to be stimulated. And in the case of the brain, so the motor cortex, can then start to generate involuntary movement and that's the seizures. Firing off when it shouldn't. That's right. Simply because the, the, the threshold has changed. And the so high temperature can make it more excitable. Colder temperature does the opposite. Mm. So it makes it harder for a, a, a nerve to fire. Like a snake. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Like being cold-blooded. Well, that's probably enzymes, but I'm sure, sure. there's a degree of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so how does how would you clinically manage that besides cooling them down or giving them maybe anti-febrile medication? Yeah. Well, you can give some medications that open gates for negative things to go in, like chloride ions. Right, like if you, GABA. So if you do that, like the benzodiazepines, that would then cause... Um, chlorides to go in and then the resting membrane potential goes down further. Makes so it makes harder the inside to more negative. Yeah, harder to stimulate. Perfect. And that's all or nothing. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.